Good morning, Diversity Partners and guests. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I want everybody to rejoice and be glad in it. I am Pastor Virginia, and I am here to kick off this Sunday morning service. We are coming to you, streaming into your device, into your TV, into your cell phone, whatever it is, with the intent on taking over and letting the Holy Spirit come in and minister to you right where you are. Your week might have been trying. Your week might have been full of blessings, but no matter what, we have breath in our body, so we are going to use it to excel, to exclaim, to shout from the rooftop that God is worthy of all the honor and the praise. Pastor James, the lead pastor here at Diverse City, is going to bring a challenging, heart-changing word through the I Pray series. So if you are wanting to know how to pray and to go deeper, this is the service for you. Before the praise team comes, I said this was the call to worship, so I'm gonna have you stand to your feet and we're gonna start declaring and speaking the word of the Lord. He inhabits the praises of his people. Come on, diversity, come on, partners. Lord, you are worthy, there is no one like you. As I am outside, Lord, I just proclaim and I speak victory over my neighborhood, over my communities. Come on, what's on your heart? What is it that you wanna start speaking victories over? What is it that you need help with? Maybe you don't need help with anything. Let's just start preparing the atmosphere for the word of God and the man of God. Hallelujah, God, you are worthy of all the honor and the praise. There is no one like you, Father God. Prepare our hearts, Jesus, to receive the word that Pastor James has, Lord God. Touch our pastor and give him a confidence and a boldness that comes only from you. You are worthy of all the honor and the praise. And with the very last breath in our bodies, hallelujah, we will declare and praise your name. As the praise team comes, continue in your worship. Hallelujah. Amen. The word just says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Only those who have clean hands and pure hearts give us clean hands and pure hearts you are our desire all right y'all now it doesn't matter where we are the word says where two or three are gathered in my name i am in the midst and we came here for one purpose we came to lift up the name of jesus lord we invite your presence in our
Hi, and welcome to Diversity, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our Diversity partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask many questions. At Diversity, we believe that no matter the color of your skin, what you've been through in the past, or your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home on your couch, from your car, or on your phone, we have all gathered together to give God the glory, honor, and praise, for He deserves it. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. On Monday night, join me and the prayer team for our prayer call via Zoom. We have a wonderful time fellowshipping via prayer and talking to the Lord about all of our requests, lifting up our families, and also just fellowshipping and talking about our praise reports. God has been doing such wonderful, awesome things during this time. Don't forget to meet me in the prayer team 7 p.m. via Zoom. On Tuesday, we have an awesome time with our kids. We have a Bible study just for you. Tuesday night, 7 p.m., kids, join me and the kids' ministry as we have a wonderful time jumping into God's Word. Don't forget to wear your PJs, bring a sleep buddy, and also bring a toy for show and tell. Wednesday, we have a lot of things going on. We're a busy church, but it's good things happening. We're starting off Wednesday with our seniors doing a prayer call at 2 p.m. Don't miss the seniors, 2 p.m. for our prayer call. Then we have a Bible study for all of our married couples. If you're married or engaged, we have something just for you. Join us at our Bible study, 7 p.m. If you are single, looking to fellowship with other diverse city singles, looking to get closer in God's word with fellowshipping with other people, we have something for you. Join us at our first singles virtual session, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Can't wait to see you there. Thursday night, we're going to be right back here with our prayer call. God has been doing awesome things. And what better time to spend in his presence, lifting up our praise reports, lifting up how awesome he's been during this time. Join me in the prayer team, 7 p.m. Thursday night. Then we're going to be right back here at a virtual service on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Can't wait to see what God is saying through Pastor James and during this time. Just want you to know that Pastor James and I, we love you. We're praying for you. Now let's get ready as we go back into worship. Let's get our hearts ready to receive what God is saying to us. So come on, if you're out there, lift up your hands and just give God a praise right now as the praise team comes and ushers us into the presence of the Lord. Psalms 150 says that we are to praise him with the trumpet, the heart, the dance, the flute, cymbal, everything. I want you, even if you don't have those things, praise him with what you have. Your hands, your voice, and your feet. Come on, let's sing it together. I command my soul to bless the Lord. 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 Sing! Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. 
you today from my house i'm in front of my house today um not the car or outside of my office so anyway uh we are here andy charlotte say hi hi these are my special guests today they're going to help me do tithes and offering so 
we're going to give today, right? We're going to give our gift today. They're not paying attention. They're playing with grass. It's okay. They're doing a good job. So anyway, um, today's topic in tithes and offering is about just getting stuff done, doing what you're supposed to do, doing what you're supposed to do. Sometimes we just make all these excuses. We come up with the most creative, just excuse not to do something. Why we can't give. And I get it. Sometimes we just don't have it. Sometimes we're tight, but you can always give of yourself. And I tell you what, my grass, that's why I'm outside. My grass was really tall and horrendous. And um, I just didn't have time to cut it. it. It's probably like a week and a half overdue. It was pretty high, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was really it was really high. So, um, and it, it, it was it was very hard to see Lucy's poop. <laughs> wow. So Lucy's a dog and yes, uses the restroom outside and it gets lost in the high needles of the grass. So anyway, yeah. So I was making all these excuses not to cut my grass. It was raining. I was tired. Whatever the excuse was, I just wasn't getting it done. So I got home today from work and Virginia was like, Pastor Virginia, my wife, as you know, was like, hey, um, are you going to cut the grass today? I was like, nah, babe, it's too wet still. It's too wet. Um, and she was like, okay, all right, all right, I understand. So I was like, you know what? Let me go outside. Let me start this lawnmower. God has blessed me with this riding lawnmower, a weed whacker, and all this other stuff. So long story short, after I stopped making excuses as to why I couldn't give up myself to my home and cut this grass, I came out here and cut it. I'm going to pan behind me. You can see it's all cut. It looks nice. It's all done. Me and, and it didn't take that long. And it really wasn't wet at all. Have a seat. There you go. Boom. We're still playing with grass. It's okay. So anyway, when you want to get something done, when you want the blessings of life uh, to be bestowed on you, step outside the box and do something that you think you can't do. And God is trying to stretch you in those moments. And I promise you, like through that, God is going to show you what he can do. So I challenge you today, like I do every week, stretch yourself, allow God to stretch you, do something that you haven't done before. And if you have done it, continue to do it because God is going to bless that sacrifice, that obedience um, day in and day out. So don't give up, right? Don't stop. Yes. That's right. Yeah, stop. Ever. If Ever. you would like, uh, if you want to be reminded of a way to give, you can text the word diverse, say diverse, diverse. to 73256. That's our text line, 73256. Or you can go online to diversecity.church, scroll down to donate, and you can give there. Or you can mail it in to 3201 Itasca Street. That's our address. And you can give that way, right? Yep. That's where our church yep. is. Anyway, let's pray over this offering and then we're going to close it out. God, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for this day, this moment that we have to spend together. I pray that you would bless the offering. I pray that it would be fruitful and multiply and go uh, to where it needs to go. I pray that you would uh, bless the person in their obedience, Lord God, to give up their, their, their money or their self or their time or whatever it is, God. And Lord, I just, uh, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us for the remainder of this message. And Lord, as we jump back into praise and worship, I ask that it will be, it will be filled with you, with your glory and your anointing. In Jesus' name we say, amen. 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 But the hour is coming 
and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's all about you. 
Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diversity Church. Thank you to the praise and worship team. Is there anybody else besides me that has a heart of worship, a heart after God? And today, during our sermon, we are embarking on week five, say five of the I Pray series. First of all, if this is your first time here at Diversity, I want you right now, without any hesitation or reservation, to type new in the comments. N-E-W, just in case if you need some help. Please type new in the comments. One of our leaders, one of our pastors will reach out to you. Thank you uh, for all of the things and all of the places you could be on a Sunday morning. We are grateful to be able to experience and worship God with you. So if you see someone in the comments, place new, Diverse City Community, please like, please comment, please reply. Let them know that we are a perfect church for in-person perfect people. This is a place for you to be welcomed. This is a place for you to learn. This is a place for you to serve. And most of all, a place together as one body of Christ to worship and honor God. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get ready to go into the word. I'm going to ask for everyone to locate Galatians chapter six and verse number two. And we're going to read from the new international version. Again, Galatians chapter six, verse two from the new international version. Kevin, when you're ready, go ahead and throw that up on the screen. And as we honor God's word to position our mind as we get ready to worship, I'm going to ask for you to stay to your feet as we read God's word. <clears throat> All right, that's about 73% of you. I'll give you about 15 seconds and we're going to read this together. Right. One, two, three, ready, read. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be able to worship together virtually. We thank you, Lord, that the church is not a building, but the church is a it's his people. So we embrace technology to be able to learn, to be able to understand, and to be able to apply to become better, stronger, and more powerful Christians. We thank you, Lord, right now that you're blessing our time together, that lives will be changed for the all the better, and we'll be empowered as we go forth, starting off with Memorial Day and carrying throughout the rest of the week, because you are the God. You are God alone. You are Lord over our life, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Before you sit down, look to your neighbor, put it in the comments, and say, Say my name. Say my name. <clears throat> say my name. Come on. I'm looking for you in the comments. Put, Say my name. 
And if you believe that, I want to see some red 100s. Please continue to like, continue to share if you care, as we help to do our part to be evangelists and embrace technology to be able to give the word to our people. All right, so here we go. Part number five with I Pray series. You can go ahead and put the types of prayer on the screen. Week number one, we talked about communion, where we discussed us being able to have a relationship with God, Tony. Charlie, we're trying to build a daily walking conversation. You can text in the morning. You can text in the afternoon. You can read in the morning. You can read in the afternoon, but you can pray in the morning. You can meditate on some of the things, the impressions that he put on your heart. That is foundational. That is the birthplace of every relationship with God. You have to communicate. You have to talk. It can't just be a drive-through experience, but God wants to come in, sit down, eat with you to be able to have this relationship. Then week number two, say number two. We talked about the prayer blockers. So as we know, when the devil sees us being intentional, spending time and effort, waking up early, staying up late, cutting out of lunch a little bit early to give more time with God, he sends blockers in our life. Karen, he tries to mess up your attitude. Papa John, he wants to break your worship. And then most of all, he wants us to not have accountability. We become in a devil's playpen in isolation. So God wants us to have fellowship. God wants us to be able to have community so we can walk walk this life out together. Then week number three, we talked about petition. Say petition. Petition. All right. So petition, we're not just asking God, we're actually targeting. God cares about our needs. God cares about our wants. And as long as it's in his will, God says, if we ask and it's in his will, if we seek, if we knock, he will give it to us. He cares about our needs just like our parents cares about their children needs. But sometimes for us, for God to be able to understand, for heaven to intervene and to come down on earth, we have to open our mouth. Amen. And then last week we started to introduce a topic and we want to go back to it today, which is intercession. We looked at the life of Abraham. Abraham was a man of righteousness. He was a person of faith. But in Genesis chapter 18, it talks about Abraham praying for Sodom because his family was there. He was persistent. He didn't make a request one time, but the Bible talks about six different intervals of him going before the Lord and says, will you save this city? Will you show your mercy? Will you show your grace? And he was willing to intercede to get his prayers off of the things that he wanted to see, the things that he wanted to benefit for his own self. But he made petitions and he began to intercede on the behalf of of others. Amen. So here we are. Let's define intercession a little bit better Um, from all of my research and just looking at various things and a few things I kind of ran across through seminary school. There's three main concepts. Number one, intercession is loosely defined as praying for others. 
period. Anytime that you're willing to lift somebody's name, for me to interject Karen, for me to interject Papa John, Charlie, Pastor Aldean, Tony, or you just lift up the entire church. I don't know the names. I see the faces. Praying on others' behalf. That is a form of intercession. The second definition talks about to act or intervene for someone in a difficult or troubling time. Now, I like that definition. That actually comes from the Webster Dictionary. And just an FYI, Karen, because I know you like brainiac and smart stuff. Webster, the person of Webster Bible, is actually a Christian. So when you look at some of the definitions he talks about, you can see that Christian theological spin on it. But to that point, it talks about to act or to intervene when you're in trouble. But for me, as the pastor, I need you to pray for me all the time. Don't just pray for me when I'm in trouble. Don't just pray for me when it's Sunday morning. I like your comments. I like your response. I like your engagement. We love that you serve, but I need your prayers. I need your prayers to be able to hold me up. I may be doing good, but I believe better is available. I may be doing better, but I believe there's best available. And we serve a God that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think according to his power that works in us. That power is displayed. That power is revealed when we begin to intercede. Pray all the time. Yes, the, 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 normally the loudest noise get the most attention, but some people may be doing okay, and we need to pray to keep them covered. We need to pray to make sure they remain strong, that they become faithful soldiers, and they're able to endure to the end. And then number three, <clears throat> intercession means to stand in the gap for an individual, for a church, for a nation, or a continent. Now, out of all of the stuff that we're dealing with, everybody in here should not be looking for a reason to pray. You can look to your neighbor, you can look on the news, anywhere you go, there's always a reason to pray. I believe God exposes us to things. I believe people call, people text, we get certain emails as an inclination that we don't need to just sit on it, that we don't need to just gossip about it or just communicate to the next person. But God wants some people that can pray. Amen? So when we look at the Bible, the whole council, all of the leaders... Moses, Abraham, Joseph, Esther, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, all of the minor prophets, the major prophets, one of the foundational themes in all of their lives was prayer. If you want to be a better leader, definitely in a church, in a Christian context, I'm going to ask for you to pray. If you want to be a better leader in a workplace to be able to bring solutions, to be able to bring potential when we're dealing with problems and obstacles, I'm going to ask for you to pray. You can pray about the thing. You can pray about people. But for me, what we all have to do, just like Destiny Child said in 1999, say my name. Say, say my name. Okay. Now, E.M. Um, e. Bonds had this great quote, and I just love it. So check this out on the screen. It says, God shapes the world by prayer. The more prayer there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil 
So when we look at society, all of the things that we're going through, how we continue to diminish and dilute prayer, taking it out of schools, taking it out of public places, you can't do it at work. We're allowing the forces of evil to gain more territory. We're dealing with stuff right now that we've never dealt with before. Maybe it's because we said less of God and more of culture. When God is saying we need more of him and less of culture. And we come to these places, right? We think of intercession. We, we don't want to pray because we, we look at our lives and the sin that we have and the challenges and so forth that we went through. And we think intercession is for an executive Christian elite club. And we've built these erroneous ideas. The intercession is only for the super saints, or you got to have a senior citizen or AAR card. But no, intercession is for everybody. If you're a part of everybody, say everybody. Everybody. Say, "That's that's me. So intercession requires engagement. So we can look at, I talked about some of the Old Testament people. Um, We're going to put this screen on the screen, uh, this slide on the screen. I'm not going to read each of them, but we can see all through the New Testament, whatever book you pick up, there's always a cry. There's a continuous request for us to pray. Ephesians chapter 6, we uh, most famously know it for putting on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the shoes for the gospel, the breastplate of righteousness, all of these armors and garments. But when you get to verse number 18, he tells us, pray in the spirit, all kinds of prayers and requests. Then when you go to Romans chapter 15, verse 30, I'm just going to point out this part. It says, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for you, for me. Because sometimes prayer takes work. Prayer is a struggle when, we, when we're battling between our reality and what we want to see done in their life. It's a struggle. You feel like you're wasting your time. But I'm telling you, there's been multiple moments in my life where I've prayed, where I've fasted, and I look back and I've never regretted spending time talking to God. Amen? Amen. The Bible also talks about in Colossians chapter 4, to devote yourself, that's me, that's Karen, that's Charlie, that's Pastor Aldine, that's Tony, that's Papa John, that's everybody in here that proclaims to be a born-again believer. Devote yourself to prayer. And then in verse number number 3, it says, and pray for us too. Don't just pray for yourself. Humility is not thinking... It's not you being arrogant. You can still, humility is more about you being confident, but thinking less of yourself, being considerate of others, that it's not about you. So point number one, when we see this intercession, we have to be intentional. Say intentional. So let's kind of point one example. Acts chapter 12. Go ahead and find this real quick. Acts chapter 12, and we're going to look from um, verse number 5 and verse number 6 from the New International Version. Go ahead and put this on the screen. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and 6 from the New International Version. 
Okay, so the Bible in Acts chapter 12, this is time, this is time of the festivals. And King Herod is ruling the land. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, has just been killed. And then when you come to verse number five, you got Peter now being persecuted. And the Bible says, so Peter was kept in prison. But the church, but the church, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and two centuries stood guard at the entrance. So what do we see here that sometimes when we're serving God, sometimes when we're on the front line committed to him, it puts us in uncomfortable and it puts us in difficult situations. But the part that stands out to me is that Peter is sleeping, but the church is praying. Peter is sleeping. Didn't Jesus tell you a few, a few chapters ago in the Gospels, stay with me, pray with me? Yeah. Peter is sleeping, but the church is praying. And as we see, I'm not going to read it, but in verse number 7 through 11, while Peter was sleeping and the church was praying, God started moving. Again, Peter is sleeping. The church is praying, but God is moving. Think about your life right now. How many people do you know? Matter of fact, take a self-assessment. What are some of the things that you're sleeping on right now? It's been eight weeks you've been in quarantine, and you're, you're sleeping on your career. You got a job and you're still complaining about it. Or you don't have a job and you still haven't updated your resume. You're sleeping on your career. You're sleeping on your talents. You're sleeping on your abilities. Or you're sleeping on your calling. You want God to use you. And you're not reading during this time to invest. And there are people right now that are praying for you and you're sleeping. So one of my biggest lessons during this pandemic, during this shutdown, is that crisis reveals character. Sometimes we talk, we say we're about this, we do this, we do that, but crisis in the middle of a challenging time is showing people who you really are. Some people are coming out of this pandemic better Some people are coming out of this pandemic worse because you're sleeping. This is not a theodicy thing where we're trying to figure out that God called this pandemic, but we can at least say that God allowed it. So if God allowed it, then it has been ordained for you to step into your purpose. It has been ordained for you to be able to step into your season. And you can be just like Peter, sleeping in the dark, and the church is trying to release light because we're interceding on your behalf. You may be stuck in your chains like Peter, and there are people, when we come together to pray and intercede, we're going to break chains. And you may be stuck, and you're feeling alone, and you're touch-deprived, and there, as we see in verse number five on the other slide, is that the church was full. 
that when it was time to pray, it wasn't just the two grandmas, that the church came together unified as one. And then the Bible says in verse number seven, Karen, that while the church was praying, while Peter was sleeping, an angel was released. The angel went down, said, get up, fool. Take those chains off. Put your clothes on and shut up. Follow me, because Peter, you like to talk. And so Peter gets up. He's confused. He's like, I don't know if I'm in a dream. He takes the chains off. He put his clothes on. He walked past the soldier. He walks past the jail cell. He gets out, and then the angel leaves. And then he comes to his senses, and he's trying to figure out, see, what just happened here? And then in verse number 12, if you can put that on the screen, it says, when, dawn, when it had dawned on him. So now he's like, his consciousness is back. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. They didn't just give up when he went to jail. They didn't just wait and say, we'll just start praying tomorrow when it's time for the trial. But while he was sleeping, the people of God were interceding on his behalf. And he knocks on the door. They're all confused. They're trying to figure out who's knocking on the door. Uh, They hear the voice of Peter. They're thinking somebody has a vision. And Peter walks in and we see the power of God move because point number two, intercession requires dedication. Some things you got to pray for all night. It's not just a lay me down to sleep, read a scripture. We stick with it. We do it for our family. We do it for our friends. We do it for our church. And we're already accustomed to doing it for ourselves. But intercession means that we're willing to empathize. We're willing to treat people. We're willing to treat other prayer requests just like it was my situation. And Jesus demonstrated this model. Go with me to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And we're going to read from the New International Version. Y'all still with me? Nobody sleep? Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Luke chapter 22, verse number 31. And this text right here is just pregnant with possibilities. I'm going to hold a few moments. I heard some pages turn to my left. Luke chapter 22. Let's just read verse 31. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Simon, Simon. Oh, that first part right there. Anytime the Bible repeats something, you should pay attention. That means that it's a center of attention. There's a criticality. There's a concern. When you hear something, repeat it twice. There's other passages when we look at um, Exodus chapter 3, when Moses, when God appears to Moses as the burning bush, he says, Moses, Moses. And as we see in that situation, God calls Moses and say, I need you to be a deliverer. I need you to be a champion to set and help my people free. Even Abraham went through the same experience in Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham was willing to show and demonstrate his level of faith, getting ready to kill his son because he trusts God's promise. And God says, Abraham, Abraham. 
Your faith has been confirmed. So Jesus, the only time he repeats, Simon, Simon, which begs another question. Didn't you just say he's Peter? Aren't you supposed to be the rock? Aren't you, don't I supposed to build the foundation of the church upon you? And Jesus doesn't call his spirituality, he's called his carnality. Simon, Simon. Because during quarantine, our flesh starts to rise. During quarantine, we got to be careful and we have to make sure that we don't allow our present situation to block us from our future potential destination. Don't allow your present situation to derail you, to destroy your future. Simon, Simon, I know you've been going to church for a long time, but there's a Simon on the inside of you. I know there's a Peter. I know you're going to save many people, and you're going to baptize others, and maybe through quarantine, they got to be through a, a water hose gun. But Simon, Simon, the flesh side, that is what Satan has come to attack. He can't deal with the spiritual side when you've been praying, when you've been committed, when you've been having communion with God. But sometimes, sooner or later, a season will come where the flesh gets weak and the Satan is trying to come to make you deny your destiny, make you deny your divinity. Simon, Simon, you're about to cuss a few people out. Simon, Simon, you're about to deny me. And disown me after all of the time we've been together. We just left from the Last Supper. And then in the next scene, you're going to say, I don't know him. Simon, Simon, there's a Peter on the inside of you. There's a Peter that's going to preach one time. And 3,000 people are going to give their life to the Lord. Simon, Simon, don't let Peter go away during this season. Your perspective, your testimony is critical for you to carry the gospel forward. He's come to sift you as we, to destroy you, to come and smash down, to dilute all of your potential. And I know it's not Father's Day, but every man and woman has at least three personalities on the inside of you. Say three. Number one, there's a lion on the inside of us, Papa John. Our place of power, our place of authority, our sweet spot. When things are working on our behalf, that is the Peter side of him. Then there's a lamb, Tony, where we got to sacrifice, where we got to serve, where we need to be groomed, where we need to be support. We need both. The Bible talks about Jesus being the lion and the lamb. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't come back. He went as the lamb. And they wanted the lion. He says, the lamb has to go. If not, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. The lamb has to go because I have to make a great sacrifice. The lamb has to go because I have to support. When you get ready to pray that you will be able to hear your request answered because it's my blood, because I am the sacrifice. And God is saying, we need the lion, we need the lamb. We need David being able to play a heart. We need David to be able to sing a song. But we also need a David that can kill a lion, a tiger, a bear, a Goliath, and anybody else that want to run up on my set. Wah! The lion and the lamb. But here's area number three. 
There is a leech on the inside of us. What is a leech? A parasite, a blood-sucking animal. And we know everybody you talk to, there's a season, there may be a conversation where you don't see the lion, you don't see the lamb, and they are sucking the life out of you. You got good friends. When, when, you, when your leech comes out and they don't judge you, they still love you. There are seasons, there are moments in our life when we're sucking the life out of other people. And see, there's no leech reference for Jesus because he's without sin. Put that back. Go back to the other screen. There's no leech out of it. Jesus gave blood. He didn't suck blood. We suck blood. We suck his blood. And we're draining other people out. And God is saying, I need you to get back to the lion. I need you to get back to the lamb. Simon, Simon. See, parasites, when you're a leash, parasites is more concerned about what's in, the, in your hand. But when you're a protege, when you're a disciple of Christ, you want what's in their heart. Again, a parasite, give me this. I want what's in your hand. But when you're a protege, when you're a disciple, it's a heart transfer. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to see if you as weak. He's coming to antagonize. He's coming to annoy. And if he have to, he'll come to assault us with trials, with tribulations to the highest degree. But then in verse number 32, I love this part. All right, in verse number 32, it says, but I, Jesus said, but I, hey, but I, ho, but I, hallelujah, have prayed for you. That's bigger than my prayers. That's bigger than anybody else on this stage prayer. This is Jesus saying, when Satan has come to sift you as weak, I have prayed for you. Simon He's still calling them Simon, that your faith may not fail. Because without Jesus, if we are called to live this life on our own, we're a wreck. Matter of fact, if you could be honest, you fall and you fail every day. Me as the pastor, I mess up every day. But Jesus, before any of the persecution came, had enough foresight, seeing the danger in advance. He said, Peter... Simon, I have prayed for you. You're not going to fail. You're not going to give up. I want you to rise again because on the other side of this, when I go to the cross and I die, I need you to be an ambassador. I need you to help to change the world that we can look back 2,020 years later and they're still going to be talking about you. Because I pray that you will not fail. Matter of fact, if we want to break it down, bring it into contemporary form, Jesus is saying, I will be your personal trainer. Because Satan has a target on the back. When we take off the jersey of living for the flesh and we put on our jersey to live for Christ, there is a target on our back. Now, a few of us have been promised once we get saved, everything's going to be peachy and creamy and everything's going to be okay and everybody's going to love you. Just give your life to the Lord. And that is a lie. There's a target on your back. But Jesus said, 
You're not called to just play defense, but God wants you to play offense. We like to say quotes like defense wins championships, but offense wins the game. Defense, what is defense? You give your life to the Lord, you read your Bible a little bit, you have a humble heart, you ask for repentance, but offense is when we begin to pick up our sword and we begin to pray and we begin to intercede on our behalf. Defense wins championships. We're gonna win the championship. We are going to heaven. Confirmation there, but if you wanna win the game of life, you gotta play offense. Say offense. Offense. Now I'm reminded of the last dance. Um, Most of our fellows that like to keep up with sports, we've been deprived with no basketball, no football, no soccer, no racing, and we've just started um, NASCAR. And over the last five weeks, we've been watching The Last Dance, which is a documentary that shows Michael Jordan last year of playing basketball. It goes back and look at his history all the way back from getting cut from a high school basketball team to being known as the greatest player of all time. And what I've noticed from watching week in and week out is that winning, if you really want to win the game of life, if you really want to be all that Christ has called you to be, it is hard work. It is sacrifice. When others are enjoying their summer on vacation, you're going to have to ask for Jesus to come and be your personal trainer, that you got to read more, that you got to pray more, that you got to be able to isolate yourself to be able to go deeper in the things of God if you want to be a champion. And we're able to see Through this documentary, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, and what everybody liked to focus on, Papa John, is just winning six for six, right? But what I enjoyed the most about the documentary is seeing the nine years of him getting his butt kicked. Nine years coming in, he's great, he's really good, he's the scoring champ. Boston seconds, Boston Celtics, kicking his butt. Pistons, the bad boys, beating them down year in and year out. And they see all of this potential. And he kept losing. And then it came to a point where he says, you know what? No more off seasons. I need a personal trainer. I'm not going to give in just because talent is never enough. But he was willing to get stronger. He was willing to get better When others were sleeping, he was working. And when he became champion, he was so strong, he was so much better than his competition that he would not lose anymore. When he left, then other people can win. But when he he won three, he retired and allowed other people to win, and he came back and won the rest. Because he was willing to get a personal trainer. He was willing to get stronger. He was willing to not give up. When he failed, he was willing to not give up. When Simon says, you know what, we tired. When Simon says, I don't have any more energy. And we have so many lazy, lazy, crazy Christians that don't want to put in work. And we just want to say, Shonda, Shonda, give me my Honda. And it's going to take more than that. It's quiet. It's tight, but it's right. 
And when it comes for us being a believer, the latter part of verse number two, and he says, when you have turned back, when you have become a champion, strengthen your brother. Strengthen your brother. I want you to be an ambassador. I want you to raise the standard of what it means to be a Chicago Bulls. I want you to raise the standard of what it means to be a Christian. I want you to raise the standard of what it means to be a leader if you want to establish a dynasty. You can do bad all by yourself, but there is no team. Without a team, you can't get a dynasty. It doesn't matter how well I preach. It doesn't matter how well I teach. It's a matter of us working together as a team. We're trying to make a dynasty. We're trying to make a difference, but we have to strengthen one another. We have to work together. What is Jesus saying here? Peter, if you want this to last until I return as a lion, don't stop praying with just you. How many people do we know right now that are stuck in fear, that are trapped in addictions, that are stuck in trying to figure out, is it worth even moving forward? Coworkers, neighbors, family, and friends, and you see them, and you see all of this potential, and if you talk to them, and it goes in one ear, goes out the rest, and God is saying, keep strengthening the brother. You got to pray for them. You can keep talking to them, but you got to pray for them. If you want them to be able to catch it, you right now have the ability to help others reach their destiny through intercession. Now, when I was studying on Friday, um, God showed me, he took me back to Job. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, and I read the scripture, and it just blew my mind. Go to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42, verse number 10. You got to see this. If you got your Bible at home, this is a good verse to highlight. This is a hallmark theme when we think about intersection. Job chapter 42, verse 10, and we're going to read from the New International Version. The Bible says, after Job had prayed for his friends, again, don't miss that, after Job prayed for his friends, what happened? The Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. My God, my God. We see Job chapter 1, we see him being a righteous man, being a wealthy man, having a blessed and a prosperous family. And we go from Job chapter 1 to Job chapter 2, and from Job chapter 2 to Job 41, chaos, losing his family, losing his friends. Everybody's coming to help him, to try to counsel him and say, Job, you're better than this. You're letting Simon take rule. And there's a Peter. There's greatness on the inside of you. And what happens just like us, when things are going good, we're rolling with God. We're willing to get up. We're willing to pray. We're willing to intercede. We're willing to make a sacrifice. But then when life hits us, we get in our feelings instead of moving into faith. And I sat there, Papa John, I'm like, man, what if he prayed for his friends in like chapter 30? But he complained. One chapter, two chapter, 
And what happens is we stay in our feelings year after year after year after year after year after year. And there's whole, this whole monologue and dialogue of him just complaining. Everybody's coming to talk to him and saying, Job, what's going on? What happened? You're better than this. And he's still sitting there complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining. And the Bible says as soon as he took his prayers off of his own self and prayed for others. God didn't just give him back what he had, but God gave him double. Say double. Double is available for you when you get your eyes off of yourself. Could it be, Tony, could it be that when we intercede for others, it is an invitation for God to come in your situation? Could it be when we're willing to pray and to say, oh, my marriage sucks and I'm praying for it. And I say, you know what? I'm going to pray for Papa John's marriage as hard as I pray for my marriage. And when I did that, God fits my house. Could it be the promotion that Charlie wants and the promotion that I want if I'm willing to empathize with him and pray just like Abraham one time, two times, even up to six times that while God is driving through to get to Charlie, he drops something off for me? Intercession invites God into your situation. Look at the whole life of Jesus. How much of it was it about him versus other people? And we're trying to figure out how do we get power, how are we able to sustain, we're able to follow the model of Jesus. Jesus really only focused on praying for his strength and his endurance, but everything else was about other people. Point number three, because we see this, we hear things like this, and when we look at prayer, if it was really that easy, we would probably all do it a little bit more. Truth in the matter is that prayer is a spiritual discipline. Discipline. It's your favorite D word. Discipline means sacrifice. Prayer is work. Just like working out. The first season when you get back in the gym, your muscles, your spiritual muscles are going to hurt. They're going to be sore. It's going to remind you in the morning once you do your spiritual legs muscle and you're walking all crazy and they say what's wrong with you and you can't find the right chair to sit in. But when we travail, when we begin to intercede on the behalf of others, it's going to hurt. The enemy's going to throw those fiery darts and say, can I throw this at him and get him off? Can I throw this at him and get him off? But sooner or later, sooner or later when we stay with it, I'm telling you, there's an experience with God when prayer moves from a chore to a choice. Again, prayer moving from a chore to a choice. When going to the gym is not something that you're just doing because you have to do it, but you do it because you love it. You do it because it's therapeutic. Just like going to college, first semester, it is rough, but if you get on the other side, there's promotion, there's growth, but we have to be able to put in work. Yeah. When, it's, when prayer is a chore, it's not emotional. It's just repetition. Let me just get through this. Let me do it. But when, when it becomes a choice, when we become to intercede, when we become to make Charlie's needs my needs, when I make Karen needs my needs, it becomes your emotions get involved, and it's not even boring anymore. 
and you begin to do it day after day, month after month. It's hard to describe, but it's just a click, Tony. You know how it is. You remember when you were first praying, it was just like, all right, let me do it. But now it's like, boom, immediately. You go from pumping the gas to get the car started, then you just hit the button just that fast. And God will show you, and he will be able to make it available to show you new realms, new dimensions, new power. And then you're walking around with an S on your chest because you have spiritual authority. So how do we move from prayer to be this arduous process and then it can actually be fun? I've discovered you can't have fun unless you have good fundamentals. Practice sucks if you don't have a good routine. And it works the same way with prayer. So I want to get very practical to help everybody in here. We're, what, five weeks in, 35 days so far in prayer. We're probably like right in the third quarter of this series. And now we're all coming out on the second half. And I'm believing as we conclude with this series that people are coming with fire. We're going to be coming back into the house of God. It's going to be different. It's going to look different. People are going to look at you and you look different because you've been spending time with God. Amen. So look at this scripture, Psalms chapter 88 and verse number nine. And where I'm actually going to read it from the Good News Translation, um, it'll be on the screen. But for those on the stage, you can check it out from your own translation. The Bible says, okay, I'll wait just a few more seconds. All right, here we go. My eyes are weak from suffering. So this is David um, talking about a prayer of him lamenting and seeing all of the crazy things in the world. And he's like, Lord, I'm just tired of seeing this. And he says, Lord, every day I call to you and lift my hands to you in prayer. Wherever you are right now, I want you to get your hands on the stage. Y'all can put your Bible down for a second. Get your hands. Put your hands together. Look at your hands. Here's a good analogy to help you to get through intercession. I'm going to tell you, each one of your fingers represents something to pray for. So y'all tell me, what, what finger is closest to your heart? Your thumbs. So what does the thumb represent? Your family and your friends. Start with the thumb. Start praying for your loved ones. You may need to get a list. My thing every day, I start with the family and my house. I pray for my parents every day, and I begin to pray for other family members. As I begin to pray, God begins to show me pictures or give me names, and I begin to pray for my family. Then I work my way over to my friends. Uh, I get a list of them. I work some on some days, and I work some on another day, and I begin to pray for my friends and then other people. God just begin to reveal them to me because that is your thumb because relationships are imperative. Your greatest pain and your greatest joy comes from the same place. It's in relationships. Thumbs, what's your next finger? Index fingers. Show me your index fingers. Move them a little bit. Make sure they're working. What is your index for? Pointing the way. So who are we praying for here? Teachers, authority, 
and parents. Teachers, pray for teachers. They got our kids in most scenarios more than we do. I pray for teachers at school. I pray specifically for my kids' teachers, for them to get favor, to be able to educate them, to love and to care for them just like I would. Pray for teachers. Pray for parents. Pray for those that are in authority. I know it's hard. You may be a Democrat, you may be a Republican, but we are Christians. Pray. You may not like them, but you need to pray for the, their counsel, for those that are influencing the decisions, because we're all dealing with it. You can't miss them, because the downstream effects of the decisions they make, the teachers for our kids, the parents, and the people of authority, comes to our house. It may start at Wall Street. It may start at the White House, but then it comes to our house. Pray for those that control the buttons, that controls the policies to point the way. Don't move your middle finger, but it is the tallest one on your hand. So what does the middle finger represent? It's the, those that stand out for society. Entertainers, influencers, culture shifters, churches, and leaders. Who are the people that are influencing in the masses? Pray for those people. That's why it's the tallest finger. They stand out. They got a big following. They got a big support. So there's a difference between authority versus influencers. Sometimes we got bosses. We don't care about them. They have authority, but they don't have influence. We're talking about influencers. Pray for the church is a good thing. Pray for people in the church. We influence each other. Entertainers that have the biggest crowds. We pray for their hearts. We believe God to meet them right where they are. And then the next finger, what do we have? I don't even know what you call it, but on the screen it should say ring finger. Yes, you get weak for the ring. All right. It's the weak finger. That means we pray for the sick. We pray for the poor. We pray for the young. And we pray for the old. We pray for the sick. We pray for the poor. We pray for the young. And we pray for the old. Begin to intercede for those that are less fortunate, for the kids as they begin to rise and to grow up, and for the elderly that we like to forget about, and for the poor because we're not just trying to bless and help people that can help us, but we want to be a blessing to those that are in need. We want to be the good Samaritan to be able to help those. We pray for the weak. And then our pinky finger. As we know, this is the smallest finger it is the furthest from our heart, which means we should do it last. Pray for ourselves. You've considered others. If you work your way from your hands, when you get to yourself, put it all out there. Material blessings, financial blessings, marriage blessings relationships, whatever you need. But if you work yourself from your hands, what happens is we like to start with our pinky and we get tired and then we forget everybody else. But if you start with your hands, work your hands, begin to intercede. Your pinky, 20% of your fingers 
if we begin to spend the 80 on others, I'm telling you, as you begin to drop prayers, as you begin to drop blessings off for other people, God will answer your needs. Amen. Is that good? That's good. Again, family, friends. I just forgot. Second one. <laughs> Index finger. Teachers. People of authority. Influencers. Leaders. The church. Sick. Poor. Young people. Elderly. Me. Myself. And I. So as we conclude, two verses, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, look at the screen because I'm rolling. It says to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What does that mean, fulfill the law of Christ? Um, as the Pharisees, the Sadducees tried to corner Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's us carrying each other's burdens. There are people in your camp. There are people that you know right now and they may be smiling on the outside and they're hurting on the inside. Yes. And you need to pray for them. You need to help them carry their burdens. You have the ability through your prayers, through your supplications, your petitions to intercede on their behalf. Do you really want to see those people blessed? Do you really want to see them change? As a pastor, every morning I pray for everybody. Specifically, I may say your name one day. You may tell me something and it hits my prayer wall. And maybe I don't say your name specifically, but God knows your name. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, For two are better than one, because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity on anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Let's do our part, church, if we really want to go to the next level, if we really want to be all that God has called us to be, we have to be able to help others up. And God has given us the most powerful tool and the greatest vehicle, and that is intercession. Yes, you can give them money. Yes, you can give them food. Yes, you can invite them to the church. But if you want them to be able to hold up, to sustain the test of time, that when the Peter shows up and Peter remains and stay, it's going to be through intercession. Jesus has given us the model. We talked about what Paul has said. We discussed what Abraham has said. Now you can replace that name and will it be you? Will it be you that were willing to do great and mighty works to be a change, to be a difference, to be able to bring light in the middle of someone's darkness? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to hear and experience your word. 
While I know it was different today, Lord, I pray that your people would be challenged to use their hands, that their prayer becomes bigger than them, that their prayer becomes further than their immediate needs, that we become intercessors, that through your blood, through your sacrifice, you have given us the power and ability to effect change, to make policy shift, to turn the hearts of king from cold to warm, and together as one body of Christ, we're choosing to honor you. We're choosing to serve you. We're choosing to pray that it's not just a pastor's responsibility or for those that's been serving you for such, for such a long time, but you have equipped us, the young, the old, the less fortunate, the rich, the famous, that I can pray and it can make a difference. So Lord, I just thank you that you're strengthening your people, that while there may be a target on their back, that we will go for the win. We will go to be all that you have called us to be. And as we step forward into our calling, that you're willing to equip us to do great and mighty works. Lord, we thank you that we may not get the credit, but the Bible says that some water, some plant, but you get the increase. Father, we will not let it go known that you will know our name. We will choose to say the name of others. We will choose to say the name of our family. We will choose to say the name of our friends. We will choose to say the name of our leaders. We will choose to say the name of those that are influencing the culture. And as a byproduct, you're able to bless and increase our home. I thank you, Father, as we continue to grow and take our prayer to a whole nother level that you're going to blow our mind, that you're going to exceed expectations, and that you trust us to be able to carry forth your work, your glory, and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Diverse City. It's been a pleasure to come into your home. I'm actually going to have my missus and Miss Karen just give a few announcements just to prepare you for an awesome week that we have planned for you. Please stay on the lookout related to our reopening dates. Um, while we know the city is open, we are trusting God. We have prayed to him. We have been given our release date. So look out through your email through your text messages as we bring forth those details and step forward into this new season. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. There ain't many places you can go, so you might as well give up a little prayer. But it's been a privilege to be able to come into your home. To our new people, please continue to put new in the comments. We would like to connect and reach out to you this week. If you do have any prayer requests, allow us to come alongside you to be able to put pressure on the presence of God to be able to bring down that manifestation in your life. This is a life that we're not called to do alone, but we're all working together to see us be all that God has called us to be. We love you and we are praying for you, but never forget you can pray too. Amen. Hi, Diversity. I hope you enjoyed the word. It was awesome. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. The word that went forth today. God, we thank you for it. It was amazing. 
So come on, I want to see you guys um, just get into intercession, pray for our families, our churches. Um, just some announcements for you. We have a prayer call on Monday and Thursday night. So I want to see you on that prayer call as pastor has put the mandate out for us to pray for our city, for our churches, for our leaders, for our families. I want to see you join myself and the prayer team on Monday night at 7 p.m. via Zoom and also on Thursday night at 7 p.m. And then I want to invite all of our marriage and engaged couples. We have something just for you. If you are married and engaged, please join us on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for our Bible study. We're just going to jump into God's word and see what he says about our marriages and how to keep God the center of everything that we do. At this time, as Karen is going to make an announcement for another event that we have coming up for you. Good morning, good morning, Diverse City Church. This is an announcement specifically for Diverse City Singles. If you are 30 or above, single, divorced, widowed, unattached, we are looking for you. If you're looking to study God's word, to get better acquainted with Christ in your life and have him affect all of the relationships that you may have, we are looking for you. This Wednesday will kick off the inaugural Singles Ministry at Diverse City. Woo! Give it up! Yeah! Woo! 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 Uh, look for more details. We'll have our first Zoom meeting at 7 o'clock on Wednesday, May 27th. There'll be more information coming out through our Diverse City Church website page, through Realm, through Texting Church, but we want to see you there. This is the beginning of a fantastic ministry at Diverse City, and we are looking for you. Amen. Well, that's all I have. we have for you today. We pray that you're blessed. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Come on, DCC. This morning, I just want to challenge you to just begin to lift up your hands. Come on and open up your mouth. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter where you are. We can't be ashamed. Hallelujah. So we're going to press in. Yes, this is an unconventional way to do praise and worship, but we came to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us sing. Hallelujah. 